0: Westchester Talk Radio is broadcasting live. News, trends, and more. No one knows Westchester County better than we do. We are Westchester Talk Radio.
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome once again to the 2021 Westchester Women's Summit Awards Dinner. You're listening to radio, or rather, Westchester Talk Radio, live from the Sanesta Hotel in White Plains, New York. I'm Bob Marone, along with Michael Blakey. We're produced by Shaw Creative, made possible this evening by the Event Department, Key Bank, The Wartburg, Hispanic 100 Women, News 12 Westchester, and the YWCA of White Plains. And Central Westchester. And I am honored and probably a little blessed would be a better word, wouldn't it, Reverend? I have with me uh, the Reverend Jeanette Phillips. She's the Executive Director of Housing Preservation and the Executive Vice President of Community Development for Sun River Health. And with her today is Ann Kaufman Nolan. Uh, She's a Master of Public Health, Chief Executive Officer at Sun River Health. Now, the reason we're here is the Reverend was one of the two honorees tonight by the Women's Summit of Westchester. Now, you all be nice out there because she is a minister and she's listening.
2: And uh,
1: first of all, congratulations.
2: Well, thank you very much. It certainly is a pleasure and a privilege to be here and to uh, have our voices heard to share throughout the community on this occasion of being introduced and inducted into Westchester Hall of Fame.
1: Well, you certainly deserve it, and I want to say hello to, uh, well, you're on the health side of the business, I guess, or the medical side. Tell us about what you do, Anne.
0: Well, I'm the CEO of Sun River Health, We're a federally qualified health center. We are the largest community health center in New York State, a system that serves 245,000 patients. Excuse me? Yes.
1: 245,000?
0: In the Hudson Valley and Long Island and all around New York City. Uh, But we were started by the Reverend Phillips and three other African-American women who are our founding mothers in Peekskill, New York.
1: My goodness. Now, let's get back to you, Reverend. She just mentioned got started. Now, I know that the, the top item on your um, on your business card is home preservation, and that we need. We still need more of it. How did you get involved in that, and did that precede your becoming a minister where you were a minister first and then got involved in that?
2: Well, no. I, I was a minister later uh, in 19... Um, in 1987, but uh, I started out with the healthcare movement in 1971, 72. I was elected chairwoman pro tem of the board to create a space and place where we could actually have a facility. Uh, and Kaufman Nolan, who's sitting here with me this evening, and we both uh, are beaming because. It was through her leadership and work from 1977. She came on staff as a loan from the county in 1977, and she's been at that helm for over 44 years, and 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 that's um, that's a bless and ministerially that's a blessing in and of itself. So I'm very glad to be able to to share that. The housing piece came through the health center I see. that said, we listen to our patients and that's what community health centers do. And they were talking about the lack of not only affordable housing, but what happened if you lost your job? Or what happened if you got evicted? Where would you go? So they shared those concerns with us and and then sought to get funding from New York State so that we could open up what was called transitional housing. So the preservation company was formed. We got our first grant from the state uh, to be able to secure various properties. And to date, we have five properties and 10 families living in those. But we also partner with uh, housing developers to create other housing. We have, um, we've worked with several uh, developers in the uh, upper Westchester region, and we continue to look um, to do that. And Ann perhaps now could share a little bit about some of the things that we have on the agenda coming up as it will relate to health care and housing as meeting the social determinants of health.
1: Well, I will do that, but then I'll be back to you. We need to find out, you know, if you weren't a human being, I'd say, where do they make you? Uh, but we have to find out what what motivated all of that. Now, Ann, forty four years. I'm not buying it. But anyway, could you? You've been with the organization forty four years. Yes,
0: but Reverend Phillips has been here longer. No, I'm going back
1: that. to her. But she threw she threw the ball to you, so yeah. we have to we have to have this conversation. Okay. And uh, tell us about that. But I also want to mention, Reverend, that she, when she came and introduced herself, she acted like all she did was carry water, you know. but So, very modest woman. So tell us how you got involved in what she speaks of, what the Reverend speaks of.
0: Well, um, it's, uh, it, it's always been a passion to be involved in community health. And I believe very strongly that people have a right to access to health care, that health care is a right, um, and your health is a right. And that has been a driving force for all community health centers around this country. And so since the mid-60s, community health centers have been uh, throughout the country. uh, The the place where um, anyone can go to be provided with primary health care and be linked into a greater system – Foremost, though, is the horizontal way in which we look at community, all the needs of people, the needs of the environmental health, the living in a safe and sanitary home and housing, having a place to live is important, food security is important, but basic health care with physicians, we've got nearly 2,000 staff providing care to the number of patients I spoke of earlier in 43 sites, 43 health centers, 18 of which are in the Hudson Valley and the others in New York City and Long Island, all a not-for-profit model, all that believe in, we all believe in the access to creating access for communities that have not had access to healthcare, um, and bringing those services through very, very high quality physicians, mid-level practitioners, midwives, nurse practitioners, physician's assistants, dentists, um, behavioral health specialists. So behavioral health and mental health services are part of what we do. Um, we have... a 80 dental chairs uh, that are serving people throughout the, the metropolitan area. And we are not alone in this. Just to say that community health centers, we're one corporation and there are 1500 corporations with as many sites as we have throughout the country. But as I said before, we're the largest in New York state.
1: It's amazing. I should think for both of you, it must be troubling when you see our politicians fight over the right to health care and how we have to squeeze out availability. Um, Let's get back to you. We need to find out what makes you tick. Where did you grow up, Reverend?
2: I I grew up um, in Harlem, New York, there. And uh, went to Florida. My father was asthmatic, and back in in the day, they said go to a warm climate. So we went to Florida, Miami, Florida, and we were there. I completed high school there in Miami and then um, came back to New York. Now, my family used to go from Harlem up to Peekskill and then to Cortland. And so we would always be told, we're going up to the country. And so, sure enough, we were going up to the country. And uh, when we didn't go by car, which usually got us as far as Ossining, and it broke down again, you know, one of those uh, fronts oh. that you had to turn the handle to get it going. That's how far back I go. So. No,
1: I, to look, I remember <laughs> when I grew up in Brooklyn and we used to call Yonkers going to the bushes, so I get it.
2: <laughs> so coming up, so when I, when I completed that part of my education in Florida, we came back to Peekskill. And then uh, got married in Peekskill and started our family. And my husband and I had the good fortune, if you will, and the blessing to have a nine-family house, to purchase a nine-family house. We went from having four rooms, and people said, oh, you had a four-bedroom. I said, no, we had four rooms and four children. So we needed a larger place. And this gentleman that was a contractor was working on a property and shared with us about this building. Well, long story short, we were able to make a contract for the building, but we both, my husband and I, worked at the Veterans Hospital in Montrose, a neuropsychiatric hospital. And one of the uh, African-American psychologists said to my husband, why don't you help the veterans by being able to make your home open to them as they now break the barrier of coming back into the community? And so we did. That afforded me a little more time to invest into the community. Now, did I read it
0: right?
1: Sorry to cut you off there. Was that the Korean War veterans that were coming back, or Vietnam?
2: No, no. That yes, that was the Korean. Yeah, okay. The Korean uh, veterans, um, and we 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 just understood and and, and, and knowing to break the barrier of being able to introduce people back into the community to resume their lives.
1: Okay, got to ask you this. In the interest of time, Mm -hmm. where does this come from? When did you decide that you were going to dedicate your life to helping people and then to the ministry? When did you become a minister?
2: Uh, well, my husband was a minister first. Oh, it's
1: a family business. It's a,
2: it's a family business. <laughs> it's a family business. We could get you into the holy city. So let's see.
1: Right. <laughs> Do you have any extra passes? I, I could use one. My my
2: my 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 husband is retired now, but we're with the African Methodist Episcopal Zion Church. And therefore, you have a bishop and you are assigned to where the bishop sends you. And so um, uh, I came into the ministry in 1987, and he was like 10 years prior to that. And so um, as we came into the health center realm after having the building, and we had 33 residents, and we took care of them and so forth, but unfortunately, we did have a fire. No one... Uh, We didn't lose anyone, but we lost property. So it put us at a different uh, perspective in 1977. I was homeless. My family was homeless. We were jobless because the business uh, had gone up with the fire. And so we were then eligible for one of the anti-poverty programs of the CETA program for me to be able to come through that program. And Anne had the good fortune, if you will, of writing up a job description for an outreach worker. And I was able then to go to the employment office and, and put in my credentials, if you will, for to become an outreach worker. Question. So that's how the two of us ended up both working.
1: Uh, I would be thrown off the radio if I didn't ask you this question. When you lost your job and your home, did you question your faith? Ah,
2: that, 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 that's, that's, very, that's very important. Um, my husband and I were always uh, givers in the faith. And one of the organizations that we would give to monthly, I had I was on my knees crying, and my husband brought in the mail, and he said, Here's the mail, and he put it on the, the bed. And I, I looked at the mail and there was an envelope from Greater Visions that we contributed monthly to, and it said on there, Cast all your cares upon God who careth for you. And I read that and I stopped crying. And then my husband came in and he said, you know, what is it that you like that you want to do? I said, well, I'm doing the work at the health center. He said, well, why don't you share what's happening to us? And I said, I can't do that. I'm a volunteer. (laughs) And so needless to say, I did share this story back with Ann, Dr. Coteen, and another member from the Community Action Program, Harriet Gelfand. So that was a faith movement. Wow. Of going that, in- That's the real deal. Yeah. Of going into that and then being able to um, have a, uh, our coming together because we had very little money in terms of with the health center. We were concerned about even making payroll. I thought I would have to put the house up to get a line of credit or something. And Ann met with some of our other business leaders in the community. And they said, let's have a radiothon, just as we're speaking. Oh.
1: Okay, so this okay. explains why you're, you're pretty comfortable with this. And I want to come back to you briefly, and then we'll wrap it up. But this is this is wonderful. So you've been at this, you two have been at this a long time, like the Bobsy twins.
0: Yeah, we're partners, for sure. <laughs> we're family. Um, it, the it, That was 1977, even prior to that, with the relationship that uh, we had through the Department of Health. Uh, Al Bell was a county executive and Jack Golden was commissioner of health at that time. And they decided for Reverend Phillips, because they knew of her deep desire to get the community health center started, that they would give me to the health center. So at no cost, (laughs) I went into the community. We had 12 staff. We were seeing a a few hundred patients. We had one doctor, uh, one part-time dentist, and the county health department, Put together a package of in kind services that included me. And so well, they, and they like put them. me in. I was like part of the in kind Like the
1: fortune cookies when you order Chinese food.
0: When does ever anyone get a, such an opportunity? I did have a healthcare background and I had gotten a degree from Penn State. The, the and Penn got, State? That's now no, no. Now the MPH is from Columbia. That's on top of the healthcare. Oh,
1: another State. bad school. Listen,
0: I had to have an agricultural school behind me because that is my love. And so we brought that to the table and we, over all the years, uh, there was something that, that that CETA grant, Comprehensive Employment Training Act, was part of um, the employment uh, opportunities uh, for communities. And that was through the county and the, the state and the federal government, directly from the federal government, I believe. But we got, we started to grow the the number of grants that we got, and we've grown the health center to um, the size that it is today,
1: 245,000 people that you help. I remembered the number. Well, my friends, it's it's time to go, but I have to tell you this has been this has been heartwarming, and I want to thank you, Ann Kaufman Nolan, uh, Chief Executive Officer at Sun River Health, who acted like all she did was maybe open the mail, Reverend. But especially you, Reverend. Congratulations on your honor from all of us here at Westchester Talk Radio. And just so people know who you are before I let you say goodbye, uh, Reverend. Jeanette Phillips, Executive Director of Housing Preservation Company and the Executive Vice President of Community Development. So we had both of the big weeks here. Congratulations once again.
2: Thank you ever so much, and, and, and again, it's, it's a privilege to be able to share, and you've certainly uh, been been wonderful at this whole inter- interview time. You've made us feel very comfortable and certainly being able to talk, so thank you for what, for what you do, but mainly so that the word can continue to go out of what community health centers overall do and the kind of leadership that we have that really comes from the heart.
1: Well, I guess it would be appropriate to say it now. God bless you both. See, I can I, I can, you know, wear the uniform for a little bit. Thank you so very, very much, and congratulations. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back after
0: these words. You're listening to Westchester Talk Radio. Powered by Shark Media, a division of Shark Creative. And made possible by Entergy, Indian Point Energy Center. Visit safesecurevinyl.com.